Thank you for joining us for today's Practical Living broadcast, and I pray that through this message that you will learn how to apply God's Word and truths to any situation in your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Today we start a new series of messages that more than likely will take us through the month of February, at least part of that month, if not the entire month. And the title of the series is Waymaker. I want to talk to you about how God makes a way in your life. I want to talk this this day, today, about how He helps you to come up out of the grounding of ingratitude, how He helps you to soar in your life. He's the way maker that gets you off the ground and allows you to soar. And in fact, we're going to talk about a very important aspect of that. I need to set the stage for you for today's message. This past Tuesday morning, I had gotten up early as I normally do and I made my way to my automobile at my home to get on the car and head here to the church early on Tuesday morning. And as soon as I sat down in my car Tuesday morning, I heard in my heart the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me and he said to me, make this year a year of gratitude. Now that was surprising, shocking to me at some level. For a number of reasons. Number one, I wasn't thinking about anything other than getting to church, getting to the office. And uh, so that was really on my mind. I was thinking about the weather. It was kind of chilly. And so just out of the blue, this thought, and I knew it had to be God's voice speaking to me saying, I want you to make this a year of gratitude. Now, it wasn't as though God was rebuking me in some way or correcting me. I didn't feel that at all. In fact, I work very diligently to try to be a grateful person. I try to exercise gratitude and thankfulness in my life on a consistent basis. And so it wasn't as though God was saying, you haven't been grateful enough. You need to start being grateful. It was more like, I'm calling you to a new level of gratitude. You've been here, but there's another level of gratitude that I want to bring you to in this new year. And so as I'm driving from home to the church office It's somewhere between an 8 and 12 minute drive depending upon uh, the traffic. And so sometime in that period, 8 to 12 minutes on the way here to the office, I'm thinking about this. I'm going over this in my mind. Make this a year of gratitude. What does this mean? And by the time I got here to the office and sat down in my office uh, that early morning, I realized God wasn't saying this just to me. God was saying this to us. As a church family, this was something that we need to hear together. So it moved beyond just a message for me. It is a message for me, but it moved beyond a message for me for a message for all of us together. And the reason this is so important is because what we do with our gratitude will either shut down our pathway forward in many ways or open up pathways in our life. Praise and thanksgiving is a way maker. It's a way maker in your life. Now, I had another message planned for today, and I will preach that. You'll get that message next weekend. But I decided to take this message, what God was placing on my heart, and insert it here at the beginning of this year to set the course of what we want to talk about today and what will, I believe, help us as we move into the year 2024 together. We talk about today how gratitude makes a way for miracles in your life. There are three things I want us to look at for these next few moments together. The first principle is this. We must understand and recognize the consequences of ingratitude in our lives. Ingratitude is a real thing. And ingratitude, far more than we realize, it causes real problems for people. Sometimes people don't realize what their lack of gratitude is doing to them. In fact, I believe that ingratitude is a malignancy, a spiritual malignancy that gets inside of you, and it grows, and it spreads inside of you, and it not only destroys you over time, but it destroys other people. It destroys relationships. 
And I believe that ingratitude is one of the ways that we actually curse ourselves. We often think of the difference between blessings and curses, and we think in terms of God blessing us and perhaps the enemy cursing us, but I would submit to you today that more than likely we're doing a lot of the cursing of ourselves ourselves, that we're placing curses upon our own life because we're failing to apply certain principles in our life that are valuable and important principles to apply, and so we're living in less of the blessing than God has in store for us. So I want to start today by defining ingratitude. I'm not sure if I've ever done this before. I've talked about gratitude on a number of occasions, but have I ever really defined what it means to be grateful or perhaps even on the other side as I'm going to do to define what ingratitude is? So there are two aspects of ingratitude. First of all, ingratitude is a failure to consider. That's to think about, to consider and to express, not just think about, but say, express in some way appreciation for the good in one's life. That's what it means to be ungrateful, that you haven't thought about or expressed appreciation for what's good in your life. And this can be passively expressed in your life. What I mean by that is you can be ungrateful in your heart. Nobody else may know it, but you're still in your heart ungrateful, frustrated, irritated. And again, you may not express it, but it's inside. You live with this frustration on the inside of your soul. So that's one aspect. It's passive. So ingratitude doesn't have to be active. Ingratitude can be passive. But let's look at the other side of ingratitude. What is it? It's an active. It's also an active expression of frustration, discontentment, disapproval, unappreciation or contempt for one's lot in life. So you're, you're just frustrated about life and it come, it's coming out. It's not just in you now. Now it's spilling out of you to the people around you and it's being expressed and it's usually demonstrated. Read these words with me through grumbling, griping, negativity, complaining in your thoughts, your words and any other expressions of attitudes in your life. And so it's now it's coming out of you. It's not just in you, but now it's spilling out on people around you. There's an interesting story in the Bible that helps us to understand something about this passive ingratitude. And the story is found in Luke chapter 17. The words will be, or the, the, the verses will be on the screen for you as I read them together. A story of the life of Jesus ministering to some folks. And let's take a look at this passive ingratitude and how it's demonstrated in folks' lives. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Please notice that word, cleansed. Say it with me, cleansed. Don't miss that word. One of them, when he saw he was healed, there's another word, cleansed and healed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Notice that word well. Three words I want you to note here. Cleansed, healed, and well. Say them with me. Cleansed, healed, and well. Very important words. All of these words are different words in the Greek language. The Greek New Testament, the original language of the New Testament. These are three different Greek words, not the same word. Cleanse is one word. Heal is another word. Well is another word. 
And why are these three different words in this story? Because they tell us something about the issue of gratitude. See, there are 10 men that are dealing with this leprosy. There's no way for them to be cured. They can't get out of this. They're locked in to a disease that is going to destroy them. Their only hope is for a miracle in their life. And so they come to Jesus and they, 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 they cry out to the Lord, say, would you have pity upon us? And the Bible says all 10 of them were cleansed and all 10 of them were healed. All 10 of them. All 10 were cleansed and all 10 were healed. But one of these on the way back to show themselves to the priest to get the, the, the statement or the certification of their cleansing and their healing, one of them says, you know what, I'm not going back until I'm not going to the priest until I go back to Jesus and tell him, thank you for what you did in my life. And of that one, the Bible says he was not only cleansed and healed, he was made well. And the original Greek term also means whole. You can read it in the, in the King James Version, he was made whole. All 10 were cleansed and healed. Only one was cleansed and healed and made whole. Which one was made whole? The one that came back and said, thank you. The other nine were passively ungrateful. They went on their way having received a miracle from God, but never expressing their gratitude and their appreciation. That's passive ingratitude. Let's talk about active ingratitude for a moment. In the book of Numbers, chapter 13, Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt and up to the promised land, and they're about to enter into the land of Canaan, the land they've hoped for and longed for, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And Moses gets them to the edge of the promised land and says, you know, before we go in, I'm going to appoint 12 spies. I want you 12 spies to go in and check out the land and come back and give us a report of what it looks like. I sort of do a reconnaissance to let us know what things are like there. And so these 12 spies go into the land. You can read about it in Numbers chapter 13. And they come back. Two of the spies said, hey, it's great. It's awesome. What a blessing it is that God's given us this land. We're going to go in and take it. And they were thrilled and excited and grateful and had have, have hearts of faith related to it. These were Joshua and Caleb, but 10 of them said, hey, you know, it's a beautiful land. It's great. It's awesome, but there's a lot of giants there. We don't think we're going to be able to do this. They were not grateful for the opportunity that God had given them in that moment. And I want you to take a look with me and see how the, grat- the ingratitude, the active ingratitude of 10 men spilled over to an entire nation. Take a look with me, if you will, at Numbers chapter 14, beginning in verse number one. That night, All the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites, what did they do? How many grumbled? It started with 10 and it ended up with all. It started with 10, 10 guys that came back ungrateful for their opportunity. And it ends up affecting how many? All. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. Or in this wilderness. They go on to say, why is the Lord bringing us to this land? Only to let us fall by the sword. Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? How dumb is that? To think about the fact that they're right on the edge of the promised land. And because they're ungrateful for the opportunity that God has given them. They're not willing to rise in faith. They simply say, you know what? It would be better for us to go back to back to to to, to Egypt. And, and be slaves again. What I want you to note here is that when you're ungrateful, ingratitude always takes you backward. It never takes you forward. It'll never take you forward in your life. So you see this active ingratitude. Now, what was the price that they paid for this? 
See, my point, my first point is ingratitude has consequences. Passive ingratitude, did it have consequences for the nine lepers that didn't return? They didn't receive the wholeness. They got cleansed and healed, but didn't get all that God had for them. And we'll see in this story that there's a consequence to active ingratitude. Here's the consequence. Here it is now in chapter 14, verse 23. God speaks to Moses and says of this whole company, not one of them will ever see the land I promised or know to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. God says, because you haven't been grateful for the opportunity that I provided you, you didn't have the faith to believe that you could go in and possess the land. Understand, none of you are going to ever go in. All of you 20 years and older, you're going to die in the wilderness. You're never going to experience this promised land because you have, you have been contemptible to me by failing to be grateful and failing to have faith in what I wanted to do in you and through you and what I wanted to do for you. And because you didn't have the gratitude necessary and the faith necessary, you're going to die in the wilderness. And that group of people spent 40 years wandering around a wilderness until they ultimately died, the next generation went in and possessed the land, but they died because they failed to be thankful and they failed out of their thankfulness to have faith to believe God for their future. So I will tell you something, ingratitude costs you something. There's a price that you pay when you're not grateful. Take a look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as the Apostle Paul says this to us, and do not, that's pretty strong, would you agree with me? Do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. That's referring more than likely to Numbers chapter 16 where there was an event that happened and the destroying angel came and destroyed uh, the people of Israel again because of their grumbling. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2, echoing these terms, these words, this, this instruction, do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that, here's the principle, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a, in a warped and crooked generation. Then, as if you, if you make sure you're not grumbling and spending your time arguing in contention, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. So we must recognize that ingratitude has a price. There are consequences when we are not grateful, whether it's passive ingratitude or active ingratitude in our lives. Here's the second lesson for us today. If you want to change the direction of your life, you change the direction of your life with with praise. This is how you change the direction of your life. You change it with praise. You you change it with, with gratitude. Just like there's passive ingratitude and active ingratitude, there's passive gratitude and passive and, and, and active gratitude. And that's what I want to focus on for a moment. Because if you really begin to develop passive, in, passive gratitude in your heart, what I mean by that is you begin to fill up your heart, your thoughts with gratitude, what will naturally happen is it will spill out of your life. The same is true for ingratitude. If you're ungrateful in here, it's going to eventually come out. If you're grateful in here, it's going to eventually come out in gratitude. You're not. So it's whatever's in your heart is what's going to come out of your life. And so we need to fill our heart with gratitude so that there's an active gratitude in our lives. And gratitude works miracles. This is what I want to underscore. This is very clear in the Bible. Praise and thanksgiving and gratitude, it makes a way where there is no way. Are you hearing me today? 
I hope you're hearing this because gratitude, thanksgiving, praise makes a way where there is no way. Let me show you some examples of this in the Bible. Let's start in the book of Joshua. I mentioned a moment ago that Moses had led them up. Eventually, they're 40 years in the wilderness, and they all die out. Moses eventually dies. Joshua is charged with the responsibility of leading the children of Israel into the promised land. So he leads them in. They cross over the Jordan River to head into the promised land, and they come against the first city, Jericho. It's a big, massive, walled city, and there's no way that they can take this city. They don't have the strength, the ability, the military power, the resources to capture the city of Jericho. It is an ancient walled city, and they cannot get into this city. And so they're going to need God to make a way where there is no way. They can't do it themselves. And so God gives them a strategy. And take a look at what what it says about the strategy. Let me read it for you. It's going to be on the screens here as I read. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of rams, horns in front of the ark on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go in, everyone straight in. God says, here's the strategy to make a way where there is no way. I want you now to march around the city one time every day for six days. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything, don't speak anything, don't talk yourself out of this miracle. Just walk around the city walls one time a day for six days. On the seventh day, the priests are going to start playing their trumpets, and you're going to march around the city seven times. On the seventh time, the priests are going to give a loud blast on their trumpets, and as soon as you hear the loud blast... I want you, God says, to raise up your greatest shout of praise to me. Nothing has changed circumstantially. The walls are still there. Everything is still shut in, shut down. Nothing has changed, but I want you to shout in thanksgiving and shout in praise and shout in faith to me, believing that I can do what I said I was going to do. Raise a shout of thanksgiving and praise to me. And God says, if you'll do that, you will see those walls collapse. And indeed, they marched around those six days. The seventh day, they marched around. The seventh time, they raised their great shout and the walls of this city come down, and that's a true story in the Bible. It's not made up. It's a true story. And what made a way where there was no way? It was the thanksgiving and praise they brought to God in that moment because he said, praise your way into a miracle in your life. There's another story I'll recount for you today. It's in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let me set up the story for you. At this point in time in Israel's history, it's a divided kingdom, the northern kingdom, southern kingdom, the southern kingdom is called Judah. And the focus of 2 Chronicles 20 is on Judah. And Judah has a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And, and Judah has a little, it's a little country, a little small army. They don't have very, much, very many resources, certainly not a big army. And they get the news that there are three or more uh, groups of people coming against them. The Ammonites and the Moabites, people from Mount Seir are coming against him. And so Jehoshaphat is very much as the king, very much afraid. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know his way out of this problem, out of this 
potential uh, attack that's coming against little Judah. And so they gather together. They start praying and fasting and asking God for wisdom. And God speaks to them and says, I've got a strategy for you. Here's what I want you to do. Okay. You're going to see a, a similarity here. Okay. Here's the strategy. What I want you to do is I want you to get all your singers together. And I want you to put them out in front of the army. And I want, when, when it's time for battle, I want you to send all the singers out first. That's the time you don't want to be in the choir. Send the choir out first. Send the singers out first. And there's one little song I want them to sing. Nothing else. One little song. Here's the song. Sing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. I just want them to start singing that. Give thanks to the Lord. Give, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Just, just go out and start singing it. I promise you that if you, you will do this, I'm going to fight the battle for you. Now, let's see if this really worked. Take a look at this story. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. As they began to do what? What are they singing and praising? What's the song? Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So they're singing this one little song. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And they were, what were they? They were defeated. I would encourage you to go home this week and read the entire chapter, Second Chronicles chapter 20, because it goes on to describe how they plundered these folks, how Israel and Judah plundered these folks, and how they got a tremendous amount of blessing out of one thing, learning how to be people of thanksgiving and praise. Active praise brings miracles in your life. It brings breakthroughs in your life. Active praise makes a way where there is no way. If you're facing a wall of Jericho in your life, the best thing you can do is praise. Are you hearing me? If you're in a battle in your life right now, the best thing that you can do in that battle is give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Okay, That's the best thing that you do. Now, somebody's saying, well, that's all Old Testament. That's not in the New Testament, is it, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm going to answer it for you. Yes, it is. It's in the New Testament, too. Not just the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Let me show you where. The Apostle Paul had a friend named Silas who traveled with him in ministry. And the Holy Spirit called Paul and Silas into a territory in Eastern Europe as they're breaking into Europe for the first time with the gospel to a place called Macedonia. A territory called Macedonia to a city called Philippi. It was a Roman colony, Philippi. So Paul goes in with Silas. They start preaching the gospel. They're people who are, who are converted to Christ, give their lives to Jesus. And then, of course, as would normally happen with Paul's ministries, there's persecution that breaks out, opposition. And eventually, Paul is beaten up. And Silas, they're beaten up for, for preaching the gospel, for driving out a demon from a, a young girl. Uh, and her master, her slave master, was mad about that. And so there's all these problems that come. And eventually, they're not only beaten up, but they're thrown into prison, into the darkest prison in Philippi. Philippian jail there, more than likely just waiting for potential execution. And here's what I want you to say. They were locked into a situation. There was no way out of that situation. What's the title of our series? Waymaker. What I want you to see in this series is God makes a way when there is no way, okay? And they were in a prison. There was no way for them to get out. There was no way for the Israelites to get into Jericho. There was no way for the 
people of Judah to fight the battle, win the battle against the Ammonites and the Moabites. This, this is a true, same kind of story for Paul and Silas. Let's take a look at what happens. You know the story. About midnight, Paul and Silas, what were they doing? Praying and singing hymns to God. They were giving thanks and praise to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Let's think about this for a moment. Here they are, beaten and bloody. And they're in the inner prison. They have, they have shackles on them. And they're just they're locked down. There's no way out. And what do they choose to do at midnight? Sing, pray and sing hymns to God. Now, I'm not sure about you, but if this was about me, it would say about midnight. Dale was frustrated and complaining, okay? Wouldn't that probably be you, okay? Wouldn't that be you, right? But not Paul and Silas, because Paul and Silas knew the principle. They knew, what do I do when I get in trouble? What do I do when I have a problem? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. All of that happened because Paul and Silas decided to give thanks and praise to God in the midst of their situation. They could not find a way out themselves, but God made a way where there was no way because they made the choice to be thankful in the midst of their circumstances. Are you hearing me today? More importantly, are you hearing the Word of God today instructing us and how we are to live our lives, how we can take our praise to the next level? It didn't stop there, though. Take a look at what happens. He then, the, the, the Philippian jailer, then brought them, Paul and Silas, out and asked, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. There's a whole household that is saved, brought into the kingdom because Paul and Silas made the choice to give thanks to God in a difficult situation. You will never know how many people can be blessed through your praise. How many people can be blessed through the thanksgiving that you give in your life. Did praise change the the direction of the lives of these folks that I've just described? Of course it did. And I will tell you that praise and thanksgiving will change the direction of your life. Praise will make a way where there is no way. Praise will lower the mountains in your life that are obstacles. Praise will raise the valleys in your life that you can't get through. Praise will get you through to the other side. Here's my last point today. You and I need to feed and grow our gratitude how often? Daily. Make 2024 a year of gratitude. How? You will only do this if you feed and grow your gratitude daily. You can't just sort of haphazardly do this. There has to be a systematic approach to growing your gratitude. Now, I'll give you a life principle here. This is not on your notes. You may want to write it down. Whatever you feed grows. Write it down. Whatever you feed grows. If you feed ingratitude, what will you have more of? If you feed gratitude, what will you have more of? So whatever you feed is what's going to grow. So you get to choose what grows in your life by what you feed. It's true with gratitude, true with ingratitude. And so because this, this thing called praise and thanksgiving is so important and because it changes our lives for the better, we, we've got to grow it. And to grow it, we've got to feed it, right? We've got to feed it. And so the choice will be for you and me, will we feed our gratitude this year? And so I wanted to help you feed your gratitude this year. 
And so what I did for you, if you're on the left-hand side of the aisle, reach down. There's a purple bag there. Uh, we may run out of these right now because we, 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 our attendance this weekend has been incredible. And so uh, if we run out, if you run out of these, it's a little book that we're giving you this weekend. So grab one copy. Everybody say one. Not two. One. Okay. And if you can share them with someone, that would be even better so we can get enough that we'll go through for the weekend. Uh, we'll try our best. If we don't get you one this weekend, we will have you one next weekend. You can also go online and get our PDF of this as well if you'd like to, free as well. But we're going to get as many of these as we possibly can. Unfortunately, our order for them was not as strong as we should have made it, but it, this is what it is. We'll get you one next week. But as many of you, if you have any leftover, once it gets back to the end of the aisle, uh, make sure that you, if there are any, any left there, make sure you give them to one of the hosts there so they can take them to the back so everybody gets one, okay? Is everybody getting one so far? You guys in the back? How many still need a book? Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Okay. <laughs> it's time for the five loaves and the two fish, right? Okay, okay. All right. We're getting some up your way, so we're going to get as many as we can to. We apologize so much for the fact that we didn't have enough this weekend, but we come back next week, and I promise you, if you didn't get one this week, weekend, we'll get you one. Keep your hand up if you still need one. We're doing our best to get them to you, okay? So we got some more coming this way. Up in the balcony, you guys good up there? You have them? Yeah, all you up there in the balcony need them as well, okay? So we will get you. Just mark it down. Uh, you, can, you can do your little IOU. I owe you a book, okay? So I owe you a book, and I, I sincerely apologize for this, we did not count the numbers uh, effectively this, for this weekend, and that's our fault, and we take responsibility for that, but my promise is that we'll have them for you next weekend, okay? Is that good? You forgive me? You got to. The Bible says you got to. Okay, okay, so, okay. You got to, okay? So, all right, so here's what I want you, if you, if you have the book, and if you don't have the book, share it with someone that's close by, and actually what I'm going to do, instead of, um, actually... I have, I'm going to give somebody my copy. Who doesn't have a book? The fastest person to the front that doesn't have one, you can have this one, okay? Come on, somebody. There you go. All right, very good. Brave enough, you can have this one, okay? Very good. Excellent, very good. That's one less thing on my conscience for next week, all right? Okay, so, so I'll just use the board here for this, all right? Let's do it on the board. What I want you to do is turn to page 14, if you have the book. If not, you're going to see it here. I'm going to show you the eight things that are essential for growing, feeding, and growing your gratitude. So, uh, by the way, if you have a copy of the book, do you promise me you will read it? If you're not going to read it, give it to somebody else right now, okay? Okay, if you're not going to read it, don't, there's no reason to have it if you're not going to read it. So, if you're not going to read it, go ahead and give it to somebody else. But if you have one, do you promise me you're going to read it? Okay, that's all I'm asking. Just I promise you, it's, it's a very short little book. I wrote it this week, and so it's, it's not lengthy, it's, it, but it'll take you, if you're, if you're a slow reader, it may take you an hour to read it, okay? Uh, but it's easy to get through. But I'm going to walk you through eight things that are essential to grow your gratitude. You ready for these? You can follow along with me in your book as I go through these. Number one, you've got to take charge of your mind and your mouth. Would you agree with that? If you don't take charge of your mind and your mouth, you're not going to be grateful. Who's in charge of your mind? You are, okay. Who's in charge of your mouth? Not your kids, not your husband, not your wife, okay. Not your boss, not your coworkers. Who's in charge of your mouth? You are. 
You make the choice. So this is key. You'll read about it more in the book. Second of all, read with me. View your circumstances through the lens of God's love, grace, and power. So what we want you to do this year, what God wants you to do this year is as you go through any circumstance in your life is to view your circumstance through a different set of lens. Instead of looking at your circumstances through the lens of your own frustration or, or, or other people's, what they're going through, in their life, you view your circumstances through the lens of God's love. God loves me no matter what I'm going through right now. God's grace is enough to get me through whatever I'm going through right now. And God's power is sufficient enough to do and deliver me from anything I may be facing in my life or to get me through to the other side. That change, that suddenly puts you in a position to be grateful, Right? Got it? Okay. So view your circumstances. You got to practice this. It's not going to come easy. You got to practice it. But as you discipline yourself and do so, it'll make the difference. Next one, number three. Begin. Read with me. Begin and end your prayers with thanks and praise to God. Most of the time when we pray, we jump into our prayer closet, our prayer uh, focus, and we go to our problems first. God, please help me with, and we lay out all those things that God, I'm asking you for. And so we start our prayers quite often with requests. God says, wait a minute, time out. Why don't you think about a different strategy? Start your prayers out with praise and thanksgiving. Before you ask God for anything, thank him for something. Thank him for something he's done in your life. And before you close your prayer out, before you walk out of your prayer closet, make sure the last thing you say to God is, God, now I'm thanking you for these blessings in my life. You close, begin and close your prayers with thanks and praise to God. Next one. Read it with me. Schedule Thanksgiving breaks in your day. I'm not going to talk about this one. The book will describe it. Okay. And by the way, for those of you who don't have a copy of the book, you can go online at church-redeemer.org and that you'll find that there's a PDF of the book available for you. We still will give you a book next weekend, but if you want to have the resources, you can get it online with the PDF at church-redeemer.org. Uh, it'll be there, I believe, on the homepage or somewhere very, very clear where you can get it. Okay. So schedule Thanksgiving breaks in your day. Next one. Read with me. Create a running list of your blessings things you are genuinely grateful for from God and others. Here's the key, a running list. All, everybody has running lists in your life. You already have them. I need bread, I need milk, I need sugar. You keep them. You, you, oftentimes, I hear my wife, uh, hey Siri, <laughs> pick up milk, okay? We all have these, these, these lists, right? Okay. And so what we don't often have is a running list of what we're thankful for. So we can come back and focus in on these things. You need this list in your life because this becomes the, the fodder or the fertilizer of your gratitude, right? Next one. Read with me. Develop a reputation as a generous praiser. Don't hold back expressions of gratitude and praise to God and to others. I want you and all of us to work on a new reputation this year. What is a reputation? It's what you're known for. That's what a reputation is. And a reputation, I want to be a reputation. I want to have a reputation. I want to be known for. Let me say it that way. I want to be known as a praiser. How about you? I want to be known that when people come and see me coming, they're not running the other way. But when they see me coming, this oh, I can't wait to see him because he's always got something good to say. 
He's always thankful for something. And he always spills over. I always feel better after I've been around him. Why? Because he's developed this gratitude of heart and gratitude of mind. Let it spill. Let there be the reputation of being a generous praiser. Well, I don't want to praise people too much. They might get proud. Don't worry about it. God knows how to take care of them. They get proud. God says, I want you to be generous in your praise to other people. And praise to God. Next one. Read with me. Regularly read, recite, and sing psalms and songs of thanksgiving and praise. So what you want to do is you want to read through the book of Psalms. Read through the pages of Scripture. And every time you see something in there that's an expression of gratitude, read it like it's your own. And then become a singer of worship. Become a singer of praise. Become someone who honors and worships God with your voice. Do you know that God wants to hear you sing to him? You say, well, he hasn't heard my voice, okay? Well, guess what? He doesn't care what your voice is. You're his child. And as his child, he is blessed by hearing your voice come before him in praise and thanksgiving. And so you sing in Private, take time, get alone with yourself. If you're a bad singer, make sure nobody else is around, okay? okay? But do it, okay? Sing praise to God. If you're in your car driving, turn on some worship music and sing praise to God. Let God hear you praise Him. And then when we come together as a church, don't show up at church and zip your lips up. It doesn't even matter if you like the songs. We're not, it's not about, we're not doing a checking out, do we like the song or not. We're, we're offering our praise to God. Okay? We don't have to rate everything, right? Okay. What we have to do is engage in worship and engage in praise with our life. And so we join with the congregation and we sing our songs of praise to God. Why? Because it's one of the ways that makes a way where there is no way. Join me right now. Would you sing this together with me? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, everyone together, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Doesn't that feel good to sing your praise to God? Sing praise to Him. Let Him hear you singing out your thanksgiving and your praise to Him. And then here's the last one. Read it with me. Radically reduce the presence of negative voices in your life. Amen to that, okay? Radically reduce them. See, when you have radical surgery, it means that whatever was there growing, you cut it out, okay? You get rid of it, okay? The same is true of those negative voices in your life. And let me tell you something. Most 
most prominent negative voices in your life are not voices of other people. They're your own voice in your own head, okay? Ringing out and grumbling and griping and complaining and gets up here and you hear it. It's like a tape that runs over and over again, gets on a loop in your mind. And before long, it's just dragging you down. No, radically shut those voices out in your life because you can't. There's something about, even with people, there's something about complaining that breeds complaining. You ever notice that? In fact, complainers love that. They like to get around other people so they can just plant their complaining in you, okay? grumble because they they're not happy grumbling by themselves misery loves company how true it is and that's why you need to be very very careful with the voices that you listen to let me conclude i think it's on here i hope it is let's see if this last verse is here with this verse read it with me i will praise the lord at all times i will constantly speak his praises would you bow your heads together with me as we pray today Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We praise God from whom all blessings flow. We come before you today desiring to grow in our gratitude. Lord, no matter how grateful we are now, we know there's another level of gratitude and appreciation that needs to develop in our lives because there are more breakthroughs you want to bring to our lives. So I'm asking, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would birth this in us, grow this in us as we discipline ourselves to do so. We thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. And you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.